Here on The Ticket, here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. Cade Carlton, Will Oswalt with you here on The Ticket Radio Network. Also streaming online, 953theticket.com and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA, find us on Twitter and Facebook, both at 95.3, the ticket there. Uh, a lot of different stuff we'll, uh, we'll get into today. Uh, we'll we'll kind of start the show going over the big news out of the NFL today, and that is Tom Brady has uh, announced his retirement, uh, so we'll go over that. Uh, I had a chance to, uh, along with other local media members, catch up with uh a State's uh, Mike Bellato and Destiny Rogers today in a Zoom in a Zoom chat. So we'll hear uh, we'll hear a few clips from uh, Destiny Rogers, then maybe one or two from uh, from Mike Bellato in the second segment. We'll also have our uh, weekly chance to chat with Curtis Wilkerson over at Hawk Sports coming up at two thirty, and we'll recap uh, a uh, a heartbreaker on the road last night for the Grizz and what could be a really intense basketball game tonight with Texas and Texas Tech. So all that's coming up on the show today, but first off, Will Oswald across the way will get us caught up on some headlines. Well, of course, uh, as mentioned, Grizzlies, and all this brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, of course. First off, the Grizz got a big night from Ja, of course, again, 37, career-high 34 for Desmond Bain, but overtime... Loss in Philly, 122-119. Tyrus Mack, Tyrese Maxey layup with 26.4 to go in the OT. Gave Philly the lead that they would not relinquish. So, whether Spike Lee still has it, has the uh, ill will toward James Dolan and he's staying away, I bet he wants to come see Ja play. So, he might just be front row tomorrow at the Garden when the Grizz take on the Knicks in the world's most famous arena. 6 o'clock pregame, 6.30 tip tomorrow here on the network. Speaking of overtime, Arkansas women forced into that. Had to force OT last night with a couple of Amber Ramirez free throws with about six seconds left to tie the game at 75 after Arkansas had a 13-point lead early in the third quarter. Seventh-ranked Tennessee coming back to win it in OT, 86-83. Ramirez with a game-high 29. Four Razorbacks in double figures. Alana Eaton played a little over 15 minutes, one for four, all from three uh, from the field three points and three rebounds as the Hogs' three-game winning streak came to an end. They'll be at College Station to take on Texas A&M on Thursday night. Uh, Also, it was just mentioned about uh, some Big 12 basketball, Texas, Texas Tech. That game coming up right here from Compass Media Networks tonight. 7.45, the pregame coverage with the tip just after 8 o'clock whenever TV decides to get all the commercials in or if they have to delay the game because the game before it is running long. We'll see what happens there from Lubbock. That one right here on KDA and KBRI. And uh, some college football scheduling news in case you're a Seminole or Gator fan. It has been announced that Florida, Florida State will be played on primetime Black Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving this year for a Primetime telecast, first time in a while, only the second time ever that they've never played on a Saturday, according to the wow. report from ESPN a moment ago. That's uh, different. It is. Why not? Hey, join the fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, they I, I did read this morning where they had hired uh, 20 additional 
police officers tonight uh, for Chris Beard's return to Lubbock. So, oh, yeah, they're whoa, they're uh, I, I guess they're preparing for the worst down there. Mm. But uh, we'll we'll dive into that a little bit later Southwest on in the show. Conference angst there. <laughs> well, that and Old that, <laughs> yeah, that and that Lubbock departed. Texas Tech for Texas, and, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting tonight. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. But we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, first off, uh, of course, news that's been talked about here and nationally and everywhere else over the last uh, three or four hours, uh, maybe even longer than that. I can't remember what time he put out the announcement. Uh, Nine o'clock our time. So seems. so five hours. Uh, Tom Brady put out an announcement this morning. Uh, it's to be like nine different pages of uh, an announcement on Instagram and cut it down to, I don't know, like six or seven on uh, on Twitter, but he officially announced his retirement via Twitter and Instagram this morning. And, you know, it was one of those weird deals where, where, where you know, ESPN reported it on Sunday. It was Adam Schefter, or on Saturday, excuse me. It was Adam Schefter that initially broke the report on ESPN. Tom Brady's dad came out and denied it. Tom Brady... Uh, you know, it said through, I guess, his agent or through other people that he wasn't even close to making his decision yet. But, hey, kudos to ESPN because they never walked back on their report. Right, they stuck right. with their report the entire week, and it wound up coming true. And even Adam Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter's like page right now is is <laughs> is pretty funny because he's kind of gone back and liked some, liked some of the comments uh, from people that might have doubted him a little bit on on Saturday. So, you know, Tom Brady makes the official announcement today that uh, his career is over. And listen, like, even if you don't like the guy, which I, I will just openly admit I was never a Tom Brady fan uh, at all. I, I never liked Tom Brady. But, yeah, I mean, there there is no denying that he is the greatest quarterback to ever play, ever play the game and you know, all around, probably the greatest player to ever play the game of football. Because you know, I think some of his passing records may be broken in the in the way that you know we're trending with this just crazy amount of talent at the quarterback spot, and not only crazy amount of talent at the quarterback spot, but crazy amount of young talent. And so, it wouldn't surprise me if some of his passing records get broken, but. Listen, nobody is no individual player is ever going to lead their team to seven Super Bowls like Tom Brady did. In fact, I would be shocked. I mean, people thought Patrick Mahomes was going to do that whenever he won his first Super Bowl, and he is uh, he's one for four when making the AFC Championship game uh, in terms of winning the Super Bowl. And so, Patrick Mahomes probably isn't going to get there, and there. The thing about it is there's so much talent in the league now that it is going to be just incredibly hard for someone to dominate the way that Brady did. And that's not taking anything away from Brady because I think the league was very talented when he was winning his Super Bowls. But I just think no one is ever going to match that seven Super Bowl championship mark that that Tom Brady has set. And because of that, I just think he is leaps and bound ahead of, of everyone else, even if someone can come through and break some of his passing records. It just... I just don't think it's close in terms of Tom Brady and whoever you would consider the the second best NFL player uh, ever. So, uh, undoubtedly the best quarterback to ever play. Now, Brady had a lot of stuff break his way to, you know, if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt, I mean, who's to say that he's not on the bench for a couple of more years and maybe doesn't, you know, take over and have the success right away that he did with the Patriots, but... 
it, listen, there there is no denying that he is probably, not probably, the greatest football player uh, ever. I will say, though, my favorite Tom Brady memory is when Eli Manning, be, and Eli Manning beat him twice in the Super Bowl. That was... It's a very good Tom Brady memory when uh, when the Giants won two Super Bowls. Over <laughs> as the as Patriots. a matter of fact, uh, WNBC TV in New York, uh, in their tweet about the Brady retirement, it said uh, basically to the effect: Tom Brady, who lost two Super Bowls to the Giants in his remarkable twenty-two <laughs> year career, retires. See story. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a as a big Giants fan, I miss when the Giants were good. I miss when they got Eli Manning. So it does give me a little bit of joy to just think about the fact that. Eli Manning is 2-0 and against Tom Brady in Super Bowls. So, I mean, who's the real GOAT here? If we're, if, we're, if we're being honest, like, who's the real GOAT? I mean, Eli Manning's undefeated in Super Bowls. Tom Brady's lost a few. So, anyways, uh, Tom Brady sleeps and bounds better than Eli Manning. But Eli Manning's my favorite football player ever. So, uh, there's that. Uh, I did think Tom Brady's petty levels were were a bit – I don't want to say a bit odd because I know – the, the relationship with him and Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick is fractured and is probably never going to be a relationship that is ever fully healed. You know, I, they're never going to be on friend levels or maybe not even on speaking terms, uh, you know. But I just did feel like it was a little odd for him to put out all of these different slides and thinking all of these different people. I mean, he thanked everyone in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization from the owner, GM coach to like the assistant to the janitor. I mean, he, he thanked everyone in the Buccaneers organization. Then obviously thanked his family. And after a couple of hours, basically just said, thank you, Patriots. Love you guys. I mean, that was it. So I, I do feel like, you know, there should have been a little bit more done on Tom Brady's part because, listen, he played 22 years in the NFL and 20 of them, you know, was spent in New England. He, it's not like he is going into the Hall of Fame as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He is going into the Hall of Fame as a New England Patriot. That's where he won six of his Super Bowls. That's where he played 20 years. He is not going to, you know, Canton with, uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on his plaque. I mean, he is going into the Hall of Fame as a – New England Patriot. So I did think that was a, a little odd, especially because, it, like, he's a guy that still loved in New England. Like, you saw it even when he ba- went back, uh, I guess it was this year when he played a game in New England, uh, his first time back since leaving for Tampa Bay, and just the, just the response that he got from the crowd. Of people, you know, that stadium was half full two hours before the game just to see Tom Brady warm up for one final time in New England. And so, you know, the atmosphere there was incredible. There was a lot of love between, you know, the fan base and Tom Brady. And so at some point, probably not too far long down the road, he is going to get his jersey retired and go into the Patriots Hall of Fame and have this big ceremony and just this big to-do about Brady and his career. And I just don't get why he would single out the the Patriots like that but that um I guess that's uh I, I guess that's Tom Brady so now Brady's out of the league the only the only old guy we really have that is still playing at an elite level at quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the guys are yeah. young superstars and so you know we're probably a year or two away from this class of quarterbacks uh you know, and I would consider Brady and Rodgers probably in the same class as Brady and Rodgers and uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Big Ben and Phillip Rivers and all these other guys. This different, this class of quarterbacks being completely out of the league, and uh, 
really and truthfully just opening up a new era of uh, of quarterbacks. So uh, Tom Brady retires uh, today after uh, 22 seasons in the uh, in the NFL. So as, as someone who's not a huge Tom Brady fan, this this news does not sadden me whatsoever because it just felt like it, no matter what, Tom Brady is going to be there at the end of the year. It doesn't matter what he finishes the regular season like. If if his team makes the playoffs, they are going to be there and fighting for contention for the Super Bowl every single year. So that's kind of the latest there. Uh, in terms of uh, other NFL news, we've already seen that Cincinnati has called off school for the Monday after oh, the Super Bowl. really? Okay. Yeah. I'm expecting some bad weather, are there? <laughs> well, I think more of a party. Yeah. Uh, or and drowning their sorrows. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're also offering nonstop flights on the, uh, I guess they're calling it the Borough Exp- Express from Cincinnati to L.A. the week <laughs> of the Super Bowl. And so we have that going for us. And then it, I saw a story earlier today in terms of NFL news, which one of these is not like the other. It's... Tom Brady's teammate, Antonio Brown, his glove, which he threw into the stands as he was taking off his shoulder pads and his jersey and everything at MetLife Stadium as yeah. he was walking off the field, it's now up for auction, and it's going for $310. So Brady is in the news for retirement. The Bengals are in the news for making the Super Bowl, and Antonio Brown is in the news for, well, being Antonio Brown. Uh, so that's kind of the latest there in the uh, in the NFL. We'll, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk some A-State men's basketball and women's basketball. You hear, you'll hear some audio uh, from A-State women's coach Destiny Rogers on the other side of this timeout here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Shady Nook Smokers Barbecue is ready for another big holiday tomorrow. It's Groundhog Day. Well, maybe not a big holiday, but if you were to somehow get stuck living the same day over and over again, wouldn't you want to have some of the best barbecue around? Yes, Shady Nook. Only the finest quality meats. Slow smoke to melt in your mouth perfection. Oh, my. Shady Nook Smokers Barbecue on Parker Road between Vetcare and Culper House. Look for the barbecue flags. 2022 is here, and the more some things change, the more one thing stays the same. It's always worth the drive to Mr. T's. At Mr. T's, they offer the coldest beer at the lowest prices. And that's not just some slogan. Go buy Mr. T's, and you're going to save serious money on their selection of more than 200 beers from around the world. The biggest selection and the best prices. No wonder they say it's worth the drive to Mr. T's. Just across the St. Francis River in Cardwell, or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, trust the folks at Purcell Tire and Service Center. Purcell provides unbeatable service, and that includes free alignment checks on their state-of-the-art Hawkeye alignment machine. Plus, every Tuesday is Ladies' Day at Purcell, where all ladies get an oil change, tire rotation, and brake inspection for just $37.95. And Purcell continues to be the home of the lowest price around on quality Michelin tires. Call them at 972-TIRE, 972-TIRE, or go see your friends at Purcell Tire and Service Center, Parker and Caraway. Jonesboro. You know, there's a lot of frustration in farming. One of them is sitting in your truck waiting on parts while your field needs to be worked. That's why Baker Implement is committed to you and your farm, providing you the best service, support, and quality parts fast. With multiple locations, they're sure to have the parts you need. That's why you need to visit BakerImplement.com. 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 Because sitting in that truck waiting for them parts just makes you matter and matter. Get your parts, get them fast at bakerimplement.com. Standing at the edge of a rocky shore, you breathe in the cool, salty air, 
watching the sun disappear on the horizon. Across the globe, someone begins their day along a sandy beach, listening to the rhythm of the crashing waves. You each envision a world beneath the water, vibrant life in every imaginable form. Now, imagine it's all gone. What was once a place of wonder and beauty is now a dull, lifeless wasteland. Food, jobs, medicine, all gifts from the ocean, all gone. Time is running out to protect our oceans, and without our love, everything the oceans provide can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our oceans. Visit World Wildlife Fund at wwf.org love. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Will Oswalt with you here on the tickets. Um, it, in all honesty, I've been having a really normal, good day, whatever, and then log on Twitter and Jeff Patson and all these different baseball writers have just got me full on depressed because the MLB and the MLBPA met for 90 minutes today. Apparently nothing came out of it except for heated discussions and – Spring training starting on time is not going to happen, most likely. Pitchers and catchers reporting uh, in two weeks is probably not nope. going to happen, most likely. Nope. The, the regular season is probably not going to start on time, most likely. If I mean, at, at this point, I'm beginning the question if there even is going to be a regular season because it just feels like we're going backwards on this whole deal. But anyways, uh, maybe we'll hit on that later on in the show today. But Nothing good coming out from the uh, from the MLB front. So hey, at least we have uh, college baseball, and at least we have yes. college basketball. What's going? Which is yes going on right now as well. So uh, we'll we'll hear some we'll hear some audio from from Destiny Rogers, uh, the head coach of a state women's basketball. She caught up with the media earlier today. Uh, for the weekly uh, Zoom session with her and uh, men's coach Mike Bellato. and and listen, it was a tough week for for the A State women's team. You know, they dropped two in, in heartbreaking fashion. You know, lost by three Thursday night. Had a chance to take the lead there uh, with uh, thirty seconds or so to go against Texas State on Saturday. Missed a three. Wound up losing that game uh, by six after fouling and sending Texas State to the line for a few free throws. And so. I mean, essentially, you lost two one-possession games last week where you had a chance in the final 30 seconds to either tie it up or take the lead. And so it was a uh, it was a tough week for A-State. It's made it four in a row for the Red Wolves. And, uh, you know, Destiny Rogers just kind of gave a recap of, of last week and what A-State has done this week to kind of rectify last week. Um, we are uh, super excited for the week. Um, we changed things up with practice yesterday, uh, last week. Um, you know, I, I noticed that we were kind of winded and things of that sort. We're not playing that many people. Um, so last week we uh, kind of practiced light um, and just did a lot of things in the half court, which I, I'm, I'm not sure if that was the right way to do things. Um, 
because we kind of got away from working on the thing, not working on the things that we do, but but doing it the way that we typically have when we were, when we were seeing some success, you know, with more players, we just one. Um, but so yesterday, yesterday uh, we went back to uh, a up and down type practice, shorter, but nonetheless, you know, a, a tougher practice where we worked on the things we really need to work on. Uh, so that hopefully we could kind of get some win back and be able to last in the fourth quarter because we're we're dying down in the fourth quarter. Um, so we worked on some situational stuff, uh, four minutes on the clock down six, two minutes on the clock down four. We did some things of that sort to try to help us uh, with late game situations. And uh, we actually had a really good practice yesterday. I was super proud of them yesterday. They competed, they fought, and it was good for me to see that, you know, after dropping four in a row. So we're excited to get on the road this week. Uh, they seem to uh, maybe not like practice yesterday, but they respected it uh, because they they practiced really well yesterday. So uh, we're just excited to uh, practice again today and, and continue working on things that we need to work on. But I could just tell the spark in them yesterday with that practice that um, I feel like we're going to be ready to go on Thursday. So one of the questions that was asked, and it was asked uh, by Brad Bobo, who I, mean, I thought was a really good question because – you know, this is kind of reminiscent of what happened last year with this A-State women's team. It, you know, Jaira Washington, you know, after A-State starts oh, 4-0 yeah. in league play, Jaira goes out, uh, you know, I think of the Raging, in the first game against the, uh, first game against the Raging Blink Cajuns, yeah. uh, A-State loses that game in overtime, and then from then on, the Red Wolves lose 11 straight to close out the season after, uh, you know, getting off to a pretty good start to the year in conference play. Now you fast forward to this year. A-State loses Kia Patton for the season due to a torn ACL, and the Red Wolves have yet to win a game since she's gone down having dropped four in a row. So the question was asked, what are the differences between the losing streak that happened last year after Jaira went down and this year when Kia Patton has gone down and Destiny Rogers weighed in on that? It feels different, number one, because I, I, I'm pretty sure that we have a better team than we did last year, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, but, you know, we're just more talented this year, and uh, I think that this team has more fight in them. And, uh, you know, they, they don't seem to me to have given up. Um, they fought yesterday in practice. The energy was great in practice. They were bought in, and uh, I really don't think that this team is going to give up. Well, I'm not going to let them. Uh, you know, because there, there's no give up in me as well as my staff. So, you know, we're continuing to prepare uh, how we see fit. And uh, I, I'm really excited for Thursday. And it can't get here fast enough for me. So, that, I thought that was a pretty good answer from, uh, from, from Destiny Rogers and just the differences from this year and last year. One of the differences on Saturday for A-State is – just that the Red Wolves had another player that yes. they could play off the bench. <laughs> uh, they they went from having eight available to nine available, and uh, the the player they got back was Jade Upshaw. She finished with 12 points for A-State, uh, was able to give the Red Wolves 20 minutes and able to give, you know, Lauren Pendleton a rest, Maylin Wilkerson a rest. Uh, you know, you didn't wind up having to play uh, Jaira and Morgan Wallace the entire 40 minutes, although both of them got upwards of 35 minutes. But – you know, she was able to give A-State some really good minutes off the bench in the guard spot, knock down a couple of big shots. And uh, Destiny Rogers just talked about the impact of having her back in the fold for A-State. Well, it helps big time because, you know, Lauren Pendleton uh, was pretty winded. Uh, so we were able to, to get her out 
uh, and, and get her some breathers, you know, Maylin as well. Or, you know, even if we have foul trouble, you just got that extra body uh, that you can put in the game that there's no drop off. She's a great player. And, uh, you know, she helps us get done what we need to get done. So just having that extra body that you can throw in as a scoring threat is is very helpful. And, you know, she's going to continue to get get minutes. And, you know, we depend on her just like we do the rest. One of the other things she talked about was just other players that have kind of stepped up for A-State. Obviously, we've seen the impact of Trinity Jackson and uh, and what she's done for the Red Wolves with a, uh, you know, adding a double-double, 18 points, 21 rebounds on Saturday against Texas State. And so Trinity has really stepped up her play for, for A-State. And, you know, Destiny Rogers talked about Trinity stepping up her play, but also another couple of players that have really stepped up in uh, Morgan Wallace and Jaira Washington as well. Um, I think the, the the best thing to see for me has been, you know, Morgan, Jaira, and Trinity stepping up the way they have. Um, you could tell that they're taking ownership and they're doing the very best that they can. And we've had freshmen stepping up. You know, L.A. has been stepping up. I thought Maylin played a good game against UT Arlington. Jade played a good, good game against Texas State. Um, so, you know, you're starting to see those young ones kind of grow up a little bit. And so it's it's the hope that they continue to elevate and continue to have that confidence and continue to, you know, be able to produce the way they're producing to help Jaira, uh, TJ, and Morgan kind of get over the hump, you know, as far as a team. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, we had a really good practice yesterday, very competitive. Uh, they seem excited to play. So, you know, we're still very hopeful. You know, it, it's easy to look at it right now and think that things are dying down because you've lost four. But we're not dying down. We're not getting blown out. It's not like, you know, people are beating us 10 plus. We're right there in it. So it's just little things that we have to fix to get over the hump to win these games. And I I really and truly feel like, you know, we're going to go on a run here pretty soon. So A-State will be on the road this week, a place that, they, I mean, to be just 100% honest, hasn't been kind to them this year. The Red Wolves are 2-6 and six on the road. Uh, they have uh, not won a, uh, a road game in, in Sunbelt Conference play so far. In fact, their last win on the road uh, came back on December 22nd against SIU Edwardsville. So that will be a challenge in and of its own. But also, uh, A-State has five of their next six coming up on the road to close out the season. So that will be a, a challenge for the Red Wolves this week for sure. But the good thing this week, in Monroe yes. and in Lafayette, there is not going to be any sleet or freezing rain. That's or good to hear. Ice or snow or any type of winter weather to worry about. I think there's supposed to be rain in Monroe tomorrow, and maybe rain in Lafayette on Lafayette and Monroe, maybe both on Thursday. But that's about it. So, it, unless something goes haywire, knock on wood, with one of the programs and their COVID protocols, both of these games should should get played and should not have to deal with any type of winter weather. That's just safe for coming back on Saturday. Yeah. Can't wait for that drive back oh, on boy. Saturday. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? Here's the thing about that trip. It would have made a whole lot more sense to start it off yeah. in Lafayette. And I was wondering that myself. And yeah. then go up to Monroe and then come back home. But the good thing about going to Lafayette last is that it's interstate the whole way. 
through Louisiana and Mississippi back home. And so the only really part of that you have to worry about in terms of roads being slick is going from Memphis to Jonesboro, which should be an adventure at 1 o'clock in the morning coming back on on Saturday. But anyways, that's what's coming up for A-State this week. Programming note, we will be here tomorrow. Uh, We'll have our show tomorrow, then I'll head for uh, Monroe after that, and then we'll have shows on location uh, as long as – Will Oswalt can get here Thursday and Friday if the roads aren't too slick. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have shows on location then. So, anyways, that's uh, that's the plan for this week. The plan now is to take a timeout. Curtis Wilkerson from hogsports.com will join us on the other side after this on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. Happy New Year from your friends at the Ticket Radio Network. Hey, we can't wait to see what happens in 2022. And we'll be right here all year long to talk about all the teams you care about. And every weekday, you can join the conversation with the Front Row with Budrow from 7 to 10. RWRC Radio, 10 to noon. The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie from noon to 2. The Setup from 2 to 3. And The Drive with Brad Bobo from 3 to 6. So here's to you and a great 2022 from the Ticket Radio Network. Local Tire and Wheel is having a sweetheart of a deal. Now through Valentine's Day, get half-price payments on select in-stock wheel and tire packages. That's right, half-price payments. Plus, only $20 gets you started on the tires you need and the wheels you want. I mean, nothing says I love you more than making sure your loved one is driving on safe new tires. And Local Tire and Wheel has easy payment plans to fit your budget. Plus, no credit check and everyone approved. And all tires come with peace of mind from Local Tire and Wheel's roadside assistance and road hazard protection programs. Plus, area manager Paul Stallings has a 12-year track record of serving his clients in the tire and wheel marketplace. Local Tire and Wheel is having a sweetheart of a deal. Get half-price payments on select in-stock wheel and tire packages and get started today for only $20 out of pocket. With payments to fit your budget, no credit check, and everyone approved. Local Tire and Wheel, 1518 South Caraway in Jonesboro, across from Burger King. LocalTireAndWheel.com. And on Facebook, search Local Tire and Wheel, Jones. COVID-19 cases are spreading across the state. Safe, effective, and free COVID vaccines are now readily available for all Arkansans ages 5 and up. Booster shots are also available for fully vaccinated people 12 and above. The vaccines are highly effective at preventing severe COVID. That means helping keep you from being hospitalized or even dying. Get vaccinated to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. There's this place, a place where everyone is just beautiful, where everyone is thin, healthy, and in fantastic shape. It's a place where the beautiful people can eat whatever they want, whenever they want, and never gain weight. Where pro basketball players slam dunk chicken nuggets, hard-bodied supermodels supersize their soft drinks, thousands of weight loss diets guarantee you'll shed those stubborn pounds in days. Don't believe us? Just flip on your TV, look up at a billboard, or scroll through your social media feed for proof that everyone and everything here is just perfect. Where is here, you ask? Well, welcome to the state of America. Welcome to Obesity USA. Population 115 million and getting bigger by the day. To learn more, go to visitobesity.org. That's visitobesity.org. Brought to you by the Pennington Biomedical Research Foundation. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. No, it's fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. 
All right, welcome back here on the setup. Halfway home on a Tuesday edition of the show, which means it's now time to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline and catch up with our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com. Curtis, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Glad to be on with you. Well, good to uh, good to catch up with you as uh, always, and always good to catch up when we have a lot of uh, positive things to talk about from the last week, and that's exactly uh, the case here in terms of uh, – <laughs> Arkansas men's basketball. It wound up being a really good week uh, for the Razorbacks on the hardwood last week. Uh, started off Wednesday night uh, down in Oxford as they were able to uh, to get the road win over uh, Ole Miss, which you know was impressive in and of itself. Just because I mean, Ole Miss kind of junked it up defensively through a half court one three one at them at times, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was a really impressive way for for Arkansas to to start the week, getting the road win in, in league play last week. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's nothing easy on the road in SEC play. And, you know, Ole Miss had been struggling a little bit, but, you know, they just knocked off a a Florida team who was kind of right there on the bubble with Arkansas. So, you know, the Razorbacks were able to do something that Florida wasn't. And Ole Miss turned around to be Kansas State, I believe, over the weekend. That's a a team that's kind of trended in the right direction, you know, and uh, it's a, a difficult place to play. And, you know, like you said, uh, they they did. They kind of junked it up on, on the defensive end of the floor. And to Arkansas's credit, they did the same. You know, and, and during this winning streak, uh, defense has been the calling card for the Razorbacks. They held Ole Miss under 40% from the field, under 60 points. It's usually a pretty good recipe for success. And, uh, you know, when you go on the road, whether it's, it's pretty ugly, whatever, you take a win any way you can get it, and, and the Razorbacks did that. So kudos to them. Then on Saturday, uh, they were able to return home in the uh, the Big 12 SEC Challenge and take on an always tough West Virginia team. It'll always be a tough team to to play as long as Bob Huggins is there and the way you know they guard you and how physical they are defensively. But uh, Arkansas was able to get the 77-68 win in that one. What were your kind of takeaways in that win on Saturday for the Razorbacks? Well, you know, for one, I think that's one of the better non-conference wins of the season for Arkansas. I think it's it's unique, that SEC Big 12 Challenge. You can kind of step outside of league play to boost the resume in late January. Yeah, uh, I think that's cool. I, I think it's a, a really neat event. And, uh, you know, it's a good one for Arkansas. You mentioned West Virginia. And, you know, obviously under Bob Huggins, that's a team that's built around toughness and physicality. And Arkansas really took it to them. Uh, you know, you take a look at the rebounds. Arkansas was plus 18. You take a look at points in the paint. Arkansas was plus 10. They won second chance points. Uh, got to the free throw line 34 times. You know, So I, I think on both ends of the floor, uh, the Razorbacks were the more aggressive and, and physical and assertive team. Uh, and that paid off for them. And, you know, I think what was probably most impressive to me with that was, you know, J.D. Note, the SEC's leading scorer, he picks up two fouls within the first three and a half minutes. Uh, sets the last 16 minutes of the first half, and Arkansas doesn't miss a beat. And you couldn't say that about this team a couple weeks ago, but they were put in that situation in the big win over Texas A&M. They navigated overtime without him, and I think they're getting a little bit more confidence uh, and maybe not having to rely on him quite as much. So uh, good stuff there from the Razorbacks. It was a balanced attack. I think they had uh, four guys scoring double figures, and you know, the new look lineup continues to get it done for them. That's six in a row. They've played their way from, uh, you know, outside of, of the tournament conversation to on the bubble to safely in. So I, I think things are definitely trending in the right direction. 
you know, you talked about J.D. Note, and that was, uh, you know, a guy that was really instrumental in the win on uh, last Wednesday night against Ole Miss, and then wound up going for 15 against uh, West Virginia. And it just kind of seems like, you know, Arkansas has found a guy that has really kind of bought into being that primary ball handler and given them some really good minutes uh, over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we we talked to J.D. a little bit yesterday, and, uh, you know, just kind of asked him about the adjustment that he's had to make this year. You know, last year uh, he scored a lot for Arkansas. He was the SEC sixth man of the year. There's a big difference in, in coming off and providing some pop off the bench and being the guy that's at the top of every team scouting report every yeah. night. Uh, and I think he's adjusted to that real well. And, you know, we asked Eric Musselman about it, and he said he, he's just a baller, man. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a guy who, uh, you know, is just going to go out there and, and take care of business and do his job. And Arkansas is putting a lot on his shoulders right now, but he's the type of guy that's not phased by it. You know, you're asking him all of a sudden to be, you know, the primary ball handler in a lineup that's he's largely surrounded by Fords, uh, distribute as a point guard, lead the team in scoring, uh, take on the, the toughest defensive assignment on the perimeter, uh, and none of that bothers him. So I, you know, I think he's just been tremendous, and uh, you know, it looks like he's tracking towards a first team All SEC type of season. And when you've got a guard like that who can produce for you and create his own the way that he does, you know, if you've got the right pieces around him, you can do some good things. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Hogs right now. One of the other guys that, you know, I think it's been kind of interesting to watch really emerge into to his role is, is Jalen Williams over the last uh, couple of weeks or so. But, you know, a guy that was really good in the Ole Miss game had 18, 18 points and uh, eight rebounds in that. And maybe didn't shoot it as well, you know, in the West Virginia game, but still gave you 15 boards. And he's kind of been one of those guys that has emerged as, as an X factor in this starting lineup. Yeah, you know, he really has. And uh, his, his development in season has been incredible. You know, this is a guy at the beginning of the year. He's always made the hustle plays and, and, and helped defensively and on the glass. You're starting to see what he could do as a passer early in the season. Was you know one of the leaders of the team, uh, you know, in the assist yeah. category. But he wasn't really shooting it a lot. And and people were you know constantly saying, hey, you know, you're six ten, two hundred forty pounds, man. Get some get some work done. At, you know, inside the paint in the lane. And he's become a lot more assertive, uh, doing a good job of picking his spots. He doesn't force the issue too much, but he's looking to score more. He's also a guy that can stretch it out and knock down the occasional three. And I think he knocked down a couple against Ole Miss. He had one against West Virginia. When your center can do that, uh, that helps you a lot. And, and another thing that's been interesting about Williams, uh, as you mentioned, the starting lineup where J.D. Note is really the, the only ball handler, the only true guard. Uh, Jalen Williams is a guy that is in the backcourt with him, helping him bring his ball up against the press. Uh, so just a really unique player. He, he's taken 27 charges this season. He's blocked 27 shots. Uh, you know, obviously, he's. I think over the course of the six-game winning streak, he's averaging a double-double. So uh, really just putting together a phenomenal stretch. And if it wasn't for guys like an Oscar Shebley at Kentucky or a Walker Kessler at Auburn, he'd be one of the stories of the SEC when it comes to big men. Talking with Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com here on the show. A couple more things here. Uh, tomorrow night for uh, the Razorbacks, they'll be on the road in Athens taking on uh, Georgia at 6 o'clock on ESPNU. What do you kind of expect to see uh, out of Georgia tomorrow night? 
Well, you know, that's a team that's struggling. I think they're 6-15 and 15 on the year, 1-7 and seven down there towards the bottom of the SEC standings. Uh, you know, it would be easy for Arkansas to think, oh, let's take the flight over there and, and take care of business and come on back home. Well, Alabama thought that last week, and they went down there and got beat. So, uh, you know, again, nothing can be taken for granted on the road, and, and I think Georgia proved that they're capable, especially at home. They play a lot better at home. Uh, yeah. You know, in their road games in the SEC, they're losing by an average of about 16 points per game. You look at their home stretch in SEC, and, you know, they, they did lose to Vanderbilt, seven-point game, lost by two to A&M. They beat Alabama. So a lot better team at home. Uh, and I think Arkansas has done a really nice job of just kind of having some tunnel vision. They don't get too far ahead of themselves. They don't, they don't really think uh, too far back in the past either. It's all about the next game, the next day. Uh, so they're focused. They're locked in on, on Georgia. And, you know, I think if the Razorbacks go down there, obviously they're going to be favored. Uh, it's interesting. There, there are three Georgian natives on the Arkansas roster. It's expected to be a pretty strong contingent of fans. That could give them a little bit of a boost down there. Uh, but if they go down and defend in Athens the way they have over the course of these last six games, they're going to win. And uh, I, I think that's got to be the mindset to keep that defensive intensity and, and create their own energy and set their own tone. If they do that, uh, they should be able to come back home happy. I guess if they can make it home at all, given the way the weather might be. <laughs> yes, yes, that uh, I guess that might be the biggest uh, point of concern. Uh, <laughs> all right, so shift gears a little bit to football. There have been a couple of uh, of staff changes. I know Arkansas has hired a, a new defensive line coach uh, within the last week or so. So, what's just kind of the latest on uh, this uh, Arkansas football staff? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think you know maybe finally here it's starting to kind of fill out a little bit you know it was interesting i think towards the end of the season a lot of the talk was about well when is when sam Pittman going to get his contract extension we're still kind of waiting on that and and it was those kendall bryles going to miami is he staying what's going on and sounds like you got him pretty much locked up and we started seeing some of the, the dominoes fall the position coaches um, obviously had uh, the situation with the cornerbacks coach sam carter left they filled that spot so quick but that defensive line coach uh, was one that stayed open for a while. Arkansas has made their move. They hired Deke Adams. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. He spent this past season at Florida International. He's a guy with a lot of experience, and especially in the SEC, but he's had stops at North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Ole Miss most recently. Uh, so a guy that understands the lay of the land in the SEC. He's been around some good players. He coached uh, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I, you know, I, I think the question becomes how good can he recruit? Because uh, to, to be quite frank about it, that's why the last guy got let go, because the defensive line recruiting has probably not been uh, on par with some of the other positions on the team, and it's an area that Arkansas needs to improve. You take a look, and they're down towards the bottom of the SEC and things like sacks and tackles for loss. So uh, getting elite-level talent in there, you got to have it in the SEC West. And then developing those guys is going to be key. Uh, and, you know, Sam Pittman's not shy about making moves. He's been in Arkansas for two years. He's had two different defensive line coaches, and he's getting ready to have a third. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to produce pretty quick, and uh, I think that's probably why they went with a guy who's got a, a proven track record and a lot of experience in the conference. Well, uh, Arkansas basketball tomorrow night. I'm sure there will continue to be news uh, about Arkansas football, Arkansas baseball getting closer to starting. So, Curtis, what uh, what can our listeners find over at uh, hogsports.com right now? Yeah, I, I tell you what, if it's, you know, Razorback football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, you name it, and we've got you covered. And 
you have a really nice promo going on right now, you can get your annual VIP membership with us at Hog Sports. It's 60% off right now. Wow. Pretty good deal. It's about 83 cents a week, $3.58 a month. Uh, I, I think if you try it, you'll like it and you'll want to stick around. That you know, It comes with all of our free content that you can see anyway, but we've got a lot of VIP breakdowns, recruiting tidbits, the message boards, the whole nine yards. Uh, I think it's something you might want to take advantage of. Well, Curtis, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, good, good insight as always. Thanks for the time, and uh, we'll catch up next week. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right, sounds good. That's Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com joining us on the Ritter Communications Hotline as he does each and every Tuesday. That visit will be up following the program today, soundcloud.com slash 95.3 the ticket, or wherever you get podcasts by searching for the setup. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, close out the show after this on the ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on the ticket. Rice prices back up. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. March corn at 643 and three quarters, up eight and three quarters, with May corn at 633 and three quarters, up nine and a quarter. March soybeans at 1528 and a half, up 38. May soybeans at 1534 and a quarter, up 39. March wheat at 769, up seven and three quarters, with May wheat at 774, also up seven and three quarters. March cotton at 127.33, down 24. May cotton at 123.89, up 82. March rice, 1516 and a half, up 10 and a half, with May rice at 1540, up 12 and a half. Moving on to livestock now, February live cattle at 140.30, up 72.5, with April live cattle at 145.37, and a half up 85. March feeder cattle at 163.70, up 67.5, with April feeder cattle at 169.15, up 70. February lane hogs at 88.15, down 32.5. April hogs at 97.67, and a half up 197.5. That's your EAB market countdown brought to you by Pico Foods. Now buying corn and Milo direct from local farmers' bins in Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and Mississippi. Farmers, before you book your new crop corn and Milo, Milo, call Pico Foods. Pico Foods is buying both new crop and stored corn and Milo right now at competitive prices. The eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth generation family owned business, Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers. So they buy corn and Milo from farmers year round and at always competitive prices. Call today in Arkansas, Missouri, David Durham or James Chester, 870 202 7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, contact Craig Bird or John Taylor Hickman at 601 670 9383. Have you signed up for the Arkansas Rice Annual at the Red Wolf Convention Center in Jonesboro, February the 8th. The event is free to attend. It kicks off at 8 a.m. with an industry update from USA Rice CEO Betsy Ward, followed by Governor Asa Hutchinson as the keynote speaker. The event will also feature an important discussion on national affairs and farm bill policy and more. A free lunch will be provided to registered attendees. Register online at ArkansasRice.org or call 501-912-7560 by February the 1st. We'll see you at the Arkansas Rice Annual Meeting, February the 8th in Jonesboro. Nice feed to Jackson, who throws it down. This is Antoine Jackson with A-State Men's Basketball, and we can't wait to see you in First National Bank Arena at 7 p.m. Thursday, February 3rd, when we take on ULM. For the remainder of the season, you can purchase upper-level admission for just 8 bucks To secure your seat, visit astateredwolves.com slash tickets or call 870-972-2781. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. You've never done anything so hard in your life. You don't understand how you can finish. It takes inner strength and desire to become a Marine. When I I finished, I was like, I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? 
Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. Timeout's over. And we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Will Oswald with you here on the ticket for a few more minutes. Getting set to close out a Tuesday edition of the show. Uh, always good to catch up with uh, our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com, providing some pretty good insight on that Razorback men's basketball team. That conversation, if you missed any of it, will be up uh, following the program, soundcloud.com slash 95.3, the ticket uh, or wherever you get podcasts by searching for the uh, for the setup. So that uh, that's that. All right, a uh, couple of things we'll uh, we'll get into here. Uh, want to go over the Grizz from last night. Want to go over uh, what's going to be a crazy college basketball game tonight. But two things. Number one, uh, already coming out this afternoon that 49ers, uh, the 49ers and their quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, are already looking for trade partners, and so it looks like the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, uh, experience in in San Francisco might be coming to a close. Uh, Bleacher Report, Gridiron, along with uh, multiple other people, uh, have reported in the last uh, 10 to 15 minutes or so that uh, Garoppolo and the 49ers are working to find a trade partner, so we'll see what the latest is there with uh, Garoppolo and the 49ers as that uh, continues to uh, to develop. So it looks like maybe another team in the uh, in the uh, NFL draft may be searching for a quarterback this offseason. So that is one bit of news. The other bit of news, I've already kind of mentioned it on the show today, but Jeff Passan putting out uh, today, spring training is likely to be delayed after the CBA meeting uh, yields no progress between the MLB and the MLBPA. Uh, pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report uh, some as early as February 14th. And uh, Passon said players and executives both anticipate the start of spring training will be uh, postponed. How long will depend on the ramp-up of the negotiations? So, uh, these two sides apparently got nowhere today. Apparently, at times it got heated. The meeting only lasted for uh, for ninety minutes, and at this point, there is not a uh, there is not another scheduled uh, bargaining agreement session uh, with the MLB and the MLB Players Association. So, it looks more and more likely that. Uh, we are going to have a delay in the start of spring training, which more likely than not is going to mean a delay in the start of the regular season. And I don't know. I'm honestly at the point where I would not be the least bit of surprised if we miss upwards of two or three months in the regular season. It seems like there is no sense of urgency on either side to to come to a deal in this. It seems like uh you know last week or two weeks ago whenever it was it felt like we had made progress and ever since that point it just feels like we keep going significantly backwards in these negotiations and i i just i have no 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 confidence whatsoever we aren't going to see a significant delay to uh to the MLB season this year which 
Yeah, I mean, hey, it'll be two seasons in a row, or two of the last three seasons where you have a shortened season. So, I mean, congratulations. That uh, that is probably where we're going to be at in the in the MLB. More than more than anything, I just want to uh, go to Wrigley Field, watch a Cubs game, and have an old style. And that may not happen for a while. So there we go. Uh, fun news out of baseball today is that there has been no progress made in the negotiations. So. Fun times all around. Uh, last night, in an MLB action, re, or MLB action, an NBA action. I wish there was MLB action. Uh, an NBA action that you heard right here on the ticket. The uh, the Grizzlies went on the road to Philadelphia and took on the Philadelphia 76ers and wound up falling one twenty two to one nineteen in in overtime. It had their chances, man. Just could not get it done and. Listen, John Morant played, had his moments where he played really well for the Grizz last night. He finished with 37 points. He was 50% from the floor. He was 70% for the free throw line, which he would have liked it to be a little bit better, but it's fine. Uh, added them five assists, added them five rebounds. All good. But a very uncharacteristic night for him in terms of turnovers. It wound up with nine turnovers in the game for the Grizz. Actually hmm. made up nine of their 14 total turnovers as a team last night, and it was a big reason, just to be honest, that they, they did not win that game last night, even though he put up 37 points because of the amount of of turnovers that, that he had. I mean, there was one where he left it for Desmond Bain, and Philadelphia, like, literally, in one step, stole it away and had a run-out layup in the front court. I mean, it was just a careless pass, and there were just too many careless passes and careless turnovers last night for for John Morant, uh, you know, had a chance to give the Grizz a one-point lead there at the end of regulation and missed the free throw. We go to overtime and just kind of traded buckets with with the Sixers, and uh, eventually Philadelphia wound up winning the game, one twenty-two to one nineteen over the uh, over the Memphis Grizzlies last night. So, it you know, John Morant is not going to have a nine turnover game again for for a while. Maybe not even the rest of the year. I will be interested to see what he does on Wednesday night in Madison Square Garden because even though he scored thirty seven points, I mean he still cost the Grizzlies a couple of uh, a couple of possessions there. So I would expect a monster performance on Wednesday night in Madison Square Garden, which should set up for a a, a fun storyline in in the NBA. But it was good to see both of the uh, the Grizz broadcast teams back on the road. Uh, the TV crew was back on the road. The, minus the re- Rob Fisher. Minus Rob Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Hasseltine uh, was riding solo last night, but he was back on the road, which it, listen, like I, I'm just going to be 100% honest. There is no way in the world I could do a broadcast from a TV monitor and it sound any level of good. Mm-hmm. Uh and because quite frankly, like no matter how much time and effort you put into it, it's not going to sound good. It, it's not going to sound like a good broadcast unless you're there. And so it's good to have them back back on the road and uh, good to see that last night. I'm thankful that the Grizz don't play tonight. And there is really and truthfully no NBA game or for that matter, really college basketball game that I'm just super locked in on except for one because at 8 o'clock tonight, Texas Tech and Texas square off, which a year ago, it's like, whatever. I, I, I really don't care. It, uh, it It's another game on the schedule. But this year, former Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard is now the head coach at Texas. 
Last night when Texas arrived to Texas Tech to go to practice, there were fans already <laughs> gathered outside uh, giving Chris Beard some nice uh, – Nice, nice, uh, nice hand gestures mm-hmm. and delivering some nice obscenities toward his way. I think even at one point they tried to like block the bus as after mm. practice ended and they were trying to get back in. So they have hired 20 additional police officers for tonight and Chris Beard's return to Lubbock. And so I don't even care about the game as much as I care about what goes on outside of the game and what goes on in the pregame and postgame because it is going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like LeBron coming back to Cleveland for the first time levels, but it it might be close. So that's tonight at 8 o'clock, and I'll be locked in on that. All right, that'll do it for us today. The Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Tomorrow morning, 7 to 10, the front row with Budro. 10 to 12, Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, the Workday Red Zone. Get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For Will, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.